Spirits of French Lick is proud to introduce the Lee Sinclair Four Grain Bottled and Bond Bourbon. This four-year-age, double-pot distilled, non-chill filtered bourbon has creamy, round, and lifting notes with caramel and vanilla, followed by apple, mint, graham cracker, and ginger, as well as cardamom. The finish is slightly French walnut, resolving the sweet, fruity, almost ground cherry and white pepper. Our spirits are available for tasting and purchase inside the French Lick Winery and Distillery. Spirits of French Lick. Respect the grain. Please enjoy responsibly. So here we go. I'll let you know when we start. Love what we do. We're drinking and we're brewing. Man, we talk some shit. Geography, yeah, or math, and or reading. And he's had a couple, actually English a couple in general. Of, he struggles with a couple of saplings of the <laughs> bourbon here at this great bourbon uh, festival here. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, Royce. I mean, just talk about uh, you know you've been you guys podcasted with us before. You yeah. and Rebecca and Rebecca. We've been down there so many times in yes. what you're doing. But you just as as you keep growing. And, uh, you know, it's, it, initially, we've kind of grown with you, you know, right when you guys were getting into this, and you talk about, you, at the time, the youngest distiller, uh, distillery uh, owner in the United States, yeah. right? Yeah. The, uh, that's what they used to tell me, anyways. Well, but you're not so young. Yeah. Right? I'm not so young now. I'm 32 yeah. now. Yeah. Lots of awards. Wait, <laughs> what's your years? You said 32. Wow. 32. Lots of awards and, and lots of things going on. Yes, sir. Tell us what, what's going on right now with you. And, and what's, well, right now, at this, yeah, so right now at this moment, uh, besides being here at the festival, I just went down yesterday actually to the mountains to the old family still site and just set out our yeast track for the year. 
It's pretty cool. I was telling a couple people today, this is perfect weather. So we're getting close to that frost. Everybody's, uh, you know, allergies starting to mess with it. That's when the uh, some of the yeast is the best to go catch. So there's a couple of yeast traps. I'll go back down tomorrow morning and bring those back up to the distillery, and we'll uh, get those separated out, put some of them in the Donna jug, and the other ones we'll take in and actually start letting it grow around the day. I, uh, so is I, that something that, that you do every year? I do. I do it every year. You on year. a year, yearly basis? Sometimes twice a year, the twice spring a year. and the fall. Sorry. Depending on how the, uh, the sample lives up. It mutates really easily. Yeah. So yeah. are you like collecting it from the same places all I'm, the time? Yeah. 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 Becca will be making a post that hasn't been out. She took some photos and videos stuff a little bit down there the other day, but it's right at the old family still site. So my family still owns the property. Where my family used to still have yeah. with Mom Leno. So yeah, we go right up there and catch it at the same spot. And that, that's one thing that, that has, we've always intrigued us about is your family history and everything. And I want to know, do you have like a, a storage facility for those used? Uh, I do. So uh, okay. before I had a... You guys, have you ever met Donnie Benton? He was on the Moonshiners TV show. He's from Boy down in Lee County. I've not met him, but I know who he is. Hell of a guy. Yes. But he built me my first copper Donnie jug. So that's what I was storing it in. Yes. And then this past year, I needed actually not only one, but I needed a bigger one. So I went to Vendome and had Vendome build me. I mean, this thing is perfect. But I actually kind of based it off of uh, a couple photos I found of some old yeast jugs online. But one of them was uh, the one that was minor case beans. Yes. Steve Bean, Fonte, I know you guys are yes. trusting yeah. But I kind of based it a little bit off of that just you know, to keep it historically correct. Okay. You know, if you're uh, ever looking for yeast, we were walking around Frankfurt last night. And there's a couple of corners. Looks like there's some young ladies that can make a make a contribution. Oh my God! Oh my God. Oh my God. A mobile knowledge jug. I think they did that with a beer over it. It was like Scandinavia or something. Oh yeah, yeah. And you said that, but I did see the pictures of the the knowledge jug that you you put up. Here was it about seven or eight months ago. Yeah, I got it, uh, I probably got in about three months ago. When three I months ago? Got it, okay. But I ordered it about seven months ago from yeah. Vendome, and I kind of okay. posted that online as well. Yeah. So I keep it, it's at the distillery right now. It's in the, uh, when you go inside of our yeast room, we've now moved the big uh, fridge inside of it. It's yeah. like glass so door. It is, nice. it is refrigerated. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, I've got yeah. it in there now cold. Because when okay. I bring the yeast back tomorrow, I want to get them as cold as I can as fast as I can. That's why I didn't take the jug with me. I got it in there. That way, when I put them in, they're as cold as can be. We need to get them below 50 degrees as quick as possible. Okay, and that's how that's how you keep it. That's right. That's how we maintain. Just keep it sealed up. There's a little air release valve on the top, so we'll crack that open and let it seal to us. We don't blow the jug up, and then I'll, I'll monitor that like every 10 minutes until I don't feel that pressure coming out. Then I shut it off. That keeps it sealed up. Have you ever blown up a jug? I have. <laughs> so if you come and look at Donnie's when he built me, I've done a lot of research and development with it, but the bottom is pushed out on it. And I believe uh, Alan, Alan Bishop was one of the first ones that I saw with a with a real nice manufacturing copper Donnie jug. And I believe the bottom of his actually bubbled out a little bit too when he was trying to catch it. Look, it's a, it's a game you play trying to let the CO2 out, but you don't want to let any bacteria in. So you want yeah. to catch it right as the CO2 stops when you want to shut it off. Alan, Alan has told us stories that Kim stopped letting him keep it in the in-house refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. They, had, they had to get a special place. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Stop, but that's, stop but it's a trip, right? I mean, what, once he captured it, 
they stop letting him have control of it after that until he gets ready for you. But, but let me ask you this, is uh, once you get it, but I mean, as far as yeast stuff, I mean, that's something, people always talk about the grain that you use, and, and it's coming in the terroir that, that's happening in, in, that happens in Kentucky. But then the yeast itself, you know, there's an aspect of capturing it this, that, that creates that flavor, right? Absolutely. And then, so you not only do you respect the grain, but you respect the yeast, because, and yeast is way more needed to be respected, right? Absolutely. You know, I know you hear a lot of us, a lot of us distillers talk about it. Yeast doesn't get as much, you would think people talk about it more than they do. And I think it's because a lot of people don't understand it as much. So they, they go after things they understand. Grains, mash bills, stuff like that. But yeast is, yeah, as important, maybe more important than the mash bill. Um, definitely not more important than the quality of grains. But, you know, yeast is a very important part. Let's just put it there. And it, to make a great bourbon, you have to be right with everything. The water's got to be right. The grains has got to be right. The yeast has got to be right taking care of the yeast, the fermentation, everything, the distillation, everything has to be done right to make a great bourbon. The yeast is the integral factor. I mean, it's what literally makes the alcohol. I mean, it's so great. It's crazy. It's an actual living organism. That is. You have to, that, that has to happen. Whereas, you know, the, the grains, they've already been killed. <laughs> so, but you have to harvest that yeast, so, and it's living while it does its thing. Right? And that's why I sweet I just, yeah. it's to create a more hospitable environment for my yeast. Now, likewise from that, and this is kind of the benefit of sour mashing, is it keeps bacteria. So I've got to be very conscientious of making sure I'm very sterile, very clean, to make sure that my yeast does not get uh, contamination or have to battle with bacteria to compete for that alcohol. All right. Now the question comes back to it yeah. is that you capture your own yeast from your family's history. Right. Do you sell that? I do not. No, that is that is absolutely nice. Yes. No, no, no. Proprietary to Keep it in the family. Yeah. Yes. Keep it in the family. Only my fa my employees. That's only what my Jeff said to his sister. There he is. Whiskey's over here. He's here exactly. Yeah. Mic drop. Public relief. But anyways, uh, yeah. You know, my my employees don't actually know where we go. Just my family. Yeah. And I catch it off the same spots each year. Yeah. Just black. So, kind of the cool thing about a still site is there's water So, because there's water there, we get a lot of fruit bushes, blackberry bushes, and yeah. there's a palm tree. That's yeah. why I like to hang those uh, traps up at. This yeah. yeast is attracted to that sugar. It makes it real easy to catch it. And I try to get it up to the distillery, get it isolated out, and like I said, secure it and cold as fast as I can. And I, I just met Papa yep. the, at the, the Burger Festival. He's going with me tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So I just met him, actually, just this past festival. Yep. And, and talked with him a little bit. And so, do, like I say, eat. You go out with them and all that. Do you actually capture yeast from this still site? No. Or not, is that possible? Not from his. Okay. So my grandfather that's at the distillery. 
Okay. He's my maternal grandfather, so okay. my mother's father. Okay. Now, he used to go buy moonshine yeah. from my great-grandfather on my father's side yes. before my mom and dad ever met. Now, he was from, so Owsley County's right here next to it is Clay County. Yeah. He was from Clay. My father's family's from Owsley. Okay. I go catch the yeast in Owsley County. So he tell you all the time, I've drank whiskey my whole life from that from yeast, from that alcohol, from that yeast, you know, from as, yeah. as long as I can remember, and from that old still that I've done. Uh, yes, yes, and that, that's amazing. And if you ever get a chance to go up to their distillery, and you can see all this history right there, because you have that right there, a, a video and which you're, actually, which you're actually an actor in some of the videos, yeah, people right? People don't believe me. I, took, I did that in one take. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, that, was, that, that was so cool when I was there, and I saw that in, in black and white. I used to do all of this. So when I first started, of course, I was the only employee in the distillery, just me and my grandfather. Okay. So I used to do all of the yeah, tours, okay. and I didn't have a video at the time. I did them in yeah. person for everybody. Yeah. So I got to where, though, I couldn't go back and make whiskey because I was doing tours all day. That's when the video came about. And then so that's when I started hiring employees and stuff. When I first, that's why I could do it in one take. I, I could do it in my sleep right now, that whole tour video. That is so cool. Hey, and that's great to know because, like I said, I love to hear history like that. Yeah, the, but your history is so unique, is yeah. being part of Kentucky. Uh, Bo Cumberland did such a great job on that that whole thing. And you, yes. and, but, but then talk about, so you guys have that distillery. It's right on the Bourbon Trail as you come down on 71. You're right next to the Kentucky Speedway. Anybody coming down from uh, from the north yep. and they're coming down, you're right there and it's something worth to do. That's why I picked it. And then, or coming up from the south, like where I'm from, you yep. know, because they a lot of race bands and stuff like that, they come up south they do. and all that. To the speedway, That's right. bam, you're right up there. So my dad left uh, the mountains in 1988, and he started a construction company up here where we're at in Sparta. Okay. So when I got out of college and I was looking to build this distillery where I wanted to put it at, I was like, perfect spot. For one, it's right beside the NASCAR track. So I get the tie-in of the history between moonshine and NASCAR racing, which is awesome. Yes. I've got Belterra Casino right down the road, but the main thing was is I'm on that main vein, that heartbeat between Cincinnati and Louisville on the bourbon trail. And I was like, man, for us, you know, it's key. I knew it was going to be key for us to survive while, because I didn't want to source. Nothing against sourcing. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to wait for my whiskey to age, and I wanted to sell my moonshine. So I needed to get a lot of foot traffic to the distillery to be able to make the money to survive. And I'm going to thank the good Lord that worked. And, it, and, and like, and your, your whiskey is aging, and then you're, yes. as you're producing more. And, and just talk about now compared to when you were first... A lot of stuff was going out at you know two three years, right. but now we're hitting into four or five. We yeah, are. I think we're almost to six. Right? We are. Yeah, I'll be putting out some six-year-old this year, which yep. is going to be awesome. Uh, Congratulations to that. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Probably within awesome. the next month, uh, you guys will see some of it out. So, uh, but yeah, really excited about it. it. You know, really gets to open us up a lot to different things to do now. Finishing, coming out with a bonded product, uh, getting to do some distribution with, like you said, some yeah. four, five, and six-year-olds. But the smaller barrels that we use, and when I say smaller, we do 25-gallon barrels, either from Kelvin Cooper or Zach. Uh, people, they, they do produce a different profile than what we're getting from our 53s. They're similar, but they're a little different. And, and people love them. We're selling them down there today. So I had always thought that I would transition out 25s into 53s and only be doing 53s. But hell, we're putting 200 more of the small ones back this year just to sell at the gift shop for what we need because people like the profile, which is pretty neat. Right. Let me just talk about that. 
it's like what, where when you first started, where the whiskey industry was, and where you've evolved with the whiskey industry. Like you might have, from 2019, you might have been getting those barrels out because that's not how the, the connoisseur, but you produce a taste. There's a taste they produce. It's a certain yeah. profile that the people who come to your distillery, they like. Because you, it's, it's, it's a good taste. It's not the same as an aged whiskey in Kentucky, but it's something that's marketable, and that's something that I love about the about when you go there, you can taste the full spectrum of everything. Because you would all, you would think, you know, most of us, older, you know, a lot of times, at least when I'm saying older, I'm talking five, six year old. You know, that's starting to get to that prime point right. where we all like to see on this game. Five to eight years old is pretty optimal to me. But for the smaller barrels, we don't like to let them get over three years old. We right. notice that they don't they don't get better after three. Sometimes they get too old. They get too much. So we like to pull those between two to three years old. Somewhere that my wife Rebecca does all of our selections for our products now, which takes a lot of uh, work off of me, which is nice. Because uh, when I first started, back when I was slinging fourteen month old bourbon out of those small barrels, I was making it and selecting the barrels to sell. So oh my God. Rebecca's got a really good palate. I'm, I'm lucky. Like Tony said earlier, I'm married. I'm married up, Tony. But your wife brings an aspect of whiskey, and you guys are younger. In, in the, in the, in, in, but there's the old time aspect, there's young aspect, but you're covering it all because, the, the whole, like you said, you're respecting the industry and then you're producing the stuff that people want. But at the same time, you have so many different projects. Let's talk about. It. So we got the one bottle here, which I can't wait to get to. We'll talk about that because that was exciting with Brad Bonds. It was. And then Rebecca like sent us up there, and all of a sudden, you know, Brad is just fucking phenomenal. So uh, kind of cool too. We were talking about we're sitting right here behind the Kentucky River, right? So the yeah. Jet Brothers Distillery. That's the Kentucky that's in that photo right there. So if you look, that's the Ohio out here, and that's the Kentucky River. The Jet Brothers sets on where the Ohio and Kentucky River meet, which is pretty neat. So, uh, but uh, for us, designed that brand and launched it this year. Knew that I wanted when I found out Carroll County history is you know, within ten miles of me. It's the closest legal distillery besides my own in the area. I knew I wanted to bring it back and pay homage to those guys. This so happens they made great whiskey, which was cool. And that's where Brad comes in. I know they made great whiskey because I got to try it through Brad Bonds. So Brad hooks me up with a, a bottle distilled in 1902. And I brought this bottle over for you guys today to try because the toasted French oak is the closest, I mean, it's very close to the taste profile of the original OJ Brothers from the, 19, from the early 1900s. Well, it's special to us because we came down and Rebecca was there, and you were there too. Yes. We were on our way last December down to, and we stopped by, and she, she's like, this is a French oak, and she's like, let's just drill this. At least we got snow in. Yeah, I mean, it was cold. You and she what? drilled into that, and she yeah. did it, and I was just like, holy shit. She's, this is not ready, but, you know, let's just taste it. And let's, and it gave us a slight taste of it. Yeah. Like, oh it was amazing. God. Thank you. Yeah. And, and and then I when we were there, and you guys had just, you know, released everything, we actually went up to Revival and bought their, their pick, but Rebecca, like, sent us all on our way with what we 
and that one was she's like, what do you want? I'm like, it's a toasted French show. So let's, yeah. let's get into that. It's been a yeah, absolutely. It's We're all empty. <laughs> we need to. And, and, and you know, one, one other thing that, that I love is that your background history. You started from Moonshine. I did. Yeah, and you know your your family history was from the Moonshine background. And then it turned into bourbon and whiskey and bourbon, yeah. aging in barrels and all. What's and, that? Uh, Good. I, I tell everybody a lot, Tiny, or Tiny, uh, Nash, when you when you talk about distilling, if you can make great moonshine, yeah. you can make great bourbon. For me, it's much more difficult to make a more uh, a more smooth moonshine off the still than a in the barrel of bourbon. And the reason why is, is back to that barrel. You know, moonshine doesn't have the crunch of a barrel to smooth it up or to help it over time. You know, moonshine's got to be good right off the still. It's a testament not only to the distiller, but all the ingredients that went into it and, of course, the fermentation of the yeast. Absolutely. And if you go back to history and the spirits, you know, moonshine was the actual, what they started drinking, you know, and then it was just by chance that they started aging it in barrels because they were like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we needed a way to transport it. And then it's like, oh, well, let's put it in these barrels. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, you know, they transport it. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, by the time they transported it across the country or a few states, floated down the river. Yeah, 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 or down river. Then all of a sudden they come out, oh, it had this color and it had this, uh, had these other flavors. And then all of a sudden it's whiskey and it's bourbon, right? That's right. So this is the French oven, right? It is. But then you did the Salentine, the, the barrels with the saltine. Should we do a little, little, little cheers? Cheers, yeah, cheers to this before? Yeah, 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 let's do a little cheers to this. Let's cheers. To Royce Neely and Neely Princess Diller. Cheers, yeah. Thank you. Cheers, Thank you. I do. So I knew, like I said, back when I was starting and going to do the old jet brand, I wanted to do a line of finishes. But I didn't want my finishes to be a constraint on time. You know, a lot of people do a finish and try to get it out too early to, to make money on it. Yeah. So I wanted to let them sit out there and only pluck them when I knew they was ready, which is this beer's been set for 13 months, which is an incredibly long finish time. Right. But, and a lot of mine now are even longer than that. I mean, I've got three different chokes out there that are going to be pushing almost two years of finishing, which is really cool. And that's only because I thought they needed more time. That's a great thing. Yeah, that is, yeah. Because like yeah. I say, her palate, like you said, her palate is she's great. Good. Yeah. And, uh, well, but but also the two of you as a team. Yeah. As, as CT was that, that, either you're there or both of you are there or right. she's there. Get the family every time that you come down. That's right? what. That's what I. That's what I want. That's the yes. reason why. And of course, well, my grandfather. Yeah, yeah, my grandfather. You, you know, but no, he was I mean, in the background a little bit. He'd just be sitting and hanging out. But you guys just recently put him straight up into the spotlight, and he was yeah. loving it. Right? Yeah. He signs bottles and talks to people. You know, I came in the other day, and he was doing a tasting. <laughs> I thought we were doing a tasting at the front. There he was. Yeah, I'm like, man, these people have no idea. Oh, your dad? My dad and mom were in there. Like, so they're actually up today. So today, Neely's at three different tasting events. We've got Bourbon on the Banks, me and Rebecca. Um, I've got Jackie's Icon and Nate Weiniger over in St. Louis um, at the festival there. And then I've got mom and dad up at Bourbon and the Bluegrass. Bluegrass. Up there tasting and slinging bottles today up there. And I think they're going to be in there tomorrow, too. Yeah. And that's amazing too because I actually pulled that up last night. We were talking to him and we were up, up there late last night. Yep. And I was like, oh my god, Royce 
this festivals this weekend. Hey, holy cow! You want to start distributing? You want you know you got to hustle. You got to work. So. That's amazing. That's what y'all have done since day one that we've uh, met y'all and, and been associated with y'all. And very lucky. Uh, very lucky because my dad instilled in me at a young age, and he still does. You know, we work. Yes. I'm not one of these guys even at the distillery today. I could go in and prop my feet up and do pretty much do nothing all day if I wanted. But I like to be in there. I like to be right in the middle in the heart of distilling, mashing, patrolling everything. That's just that's just who I am. So we like want, to work. Who wants, Cheers. That, who wants to sit back? It's okay, still in so my dad sitting too. back and doing nothing. It's boring. It is to me. Like, I do know, yeah. like, you look at, like, NFL, the football people that are in the NFL, and, like, you look at a GM or, uh, you know, somebody who's in control, <laughs> and they'll, yeah. they'll, like, retire and go fishing. And, like, eight months later, they're a consultant because you can only fish and hunt for, for so long where there's nothing else. Fishing and hunting is special when you're working. But when you just do it, and that's what you got to do, eventually that becomes boring. When I was in college, Tiny, my goal was always I was going to be either a lawyer or a physical therapist. I, I wanted to work so I could accumulate enough money, hopefully over time, to start a distillery when I retire. All right? And now I get to do it every day. So I, I got to fast forward through it. I lost the cigars. Where did they go? Oh, no, they're right Oh, yeah. That yeah, is you know, delicious. Yeah, that's a, but that that French oak finish. Yeah, that's, that's my thing. I mean, I love when. But so there's some French oaks that don't pull that sweetness out. But there's a point, like you said, where the French oak is just pulling that sweetness out, and then you're still getting from the bourbon itself your bourbon. And I enter one of five. Yeah, so that low barrel entry. So once again, not only in the primary maturation, like the regular bourbon right. barrel. But then it goes in at 105 in this new toasted French oak as well. So where that added water's in there, that lower proof, it's going to pull more of those sweeter notes out of that French oak. Right. A lot and, more. And, 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 it's, and the water's a part of the process. It's a big word. It's like you put yeah. it in at 125 and you got to add the water afterwards. All that water is not part of the process. It is, it's just bringing it down. It is those fatter water molecules that jerk a lot of that flavor, especially the sweeter notes from the barrel. What's, out of that. what's even more, I, there's a there's a place in Wisconsin that they do this thing for the where they actually put water in that's mixed with their whiskey. They, they, they dilute it with, you know, a certain, like a percentage of alcohol already in it so that as you dilute it down, it's not as rough, but it tastes longer. Like, and isn't everything, like, like for instance, you know this. It's like, there's a certain amount of what you do, if you just bring it to market, it's going to sell. And you got to fight that all the time as an owner to keep producing good stuff because there's, you know, 90% of the whiskey market That's is struggle people day. that just drink their asses off and they don't really taste stuff. You know what I mean? So you want to keep putting good stuff out, but not because that's like almost like the devil, right? I want to say producing the crap. There's like a higher percentage, 50% of the marketplace that are run by executives. That don't put in the you have you no, you're the executive. You know, I am. You know, you know what I'm saying. And you know, so that's why I was telling they, whiskey. They have, they we have do whatever we want. We own it. We own it. Run a big market. That's what you do. That's right. We own it. We do whatever we want. We want to sell a barrel, half yeah. barrel, quarter barrel. We'll sell you whatever. I'll sell you Jeff. Sell you Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you know, that's kind of cool. If you want to buy that, I'm going to buy value you in selling Jeff? There is value in selling Jeff because I heard Roy say... 
the fatter molecules are the biggest jerks. I heard him say it. I've been saving that. So, but I am lucky from that aspect where uh, you know I do get to control my de- uh, my destiny, and I don't have a counselor or a CEO or somebody that doesn't understand the whiskey. Yes, you know, exactly. pushing and controlling. But once again, those things work. That's what I was getting at. But that's why I wanted to own my distillery. Yes. Well, it would have been easier to go get an investor. It would have been a lot easier than oh, to yeah. grind in there early on. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that my family owned 100% of it, and we still do today. Yes. Yeah, and then financially, you guys have been doing really well in that, like, like yes. there. I mean, it's just amazing to me, to the story, where oh, really? you were building the other distillery, and then all of a sudden, everything aligned where you didn't use it, but it it worked out for you in a great way for you to be and, able to do, keep doing what you're doing. What we're doing can promote that even more because oh, wow. that, that, that's what we want to do is to get that out there to the whiskey and bourbon lovers and, and all, is to do this for you. And, 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 and it definitely, I mean, anybody that's here will tell you. That's, I mean, you know, I like talking to you guys, but I'm over here to promote. You know, yes. and, and, oh, yeah. and, and that's why. Yeah, I mean, you got to put the work in. I mean, yes, you know, it's exactly. Fun. I mean, and, you mean, I can do this all day. I enjoy it. You, know, you mean it's not yeah. my yeah. personality? And, 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 and you're at three different distilleries. Right. Yeah, yeah. Festivals at once, right? Yeah. But with the Mountain Distillery, you know, I knew when I opened that it was an auxiliary place to help my distillery in Sparta. Yeah. And I had absolutely no intentions of selling. Uh, but I get down there. Uh, there was a fellow in the area that had been buying pretty much every different piece of property down there. Yeah. And he waited and watched until we got the distillery building done and got ready to open it. And I was in there stocking the shelves, literally stocking the shelves. And he walks in, made me an offer. And, well, he come in and went to one of my employees and said, he's the owner here. So I come downstairs and he's like, hey, I'm interested in uh, purchasing this place. I'm like, oh, man, you know, it's not really for sale. He's like, would you entertain an offer? Hell, I'll always entertain an offer. What do you got? Absolutely. Hit me with an offer. And I said, give me a second. I'm going to go outside and call my dad. I'm sure he'll drop down. <laughs> so, <laughs> went outside, uh, come down, and we uh, we agreed to sell it that day. So, yeah, the, that, offer was, that, when the time is right, wait, the time is right. Yeah, any, any business offer deal. Yeah, yeah, you know that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to make you an offer that you're not going to be able to refuse. And he, was, and he said those magical oh, yeah. words. Can I hire you, Royce? Can I contract with you to make the whiskey for us, too? And I said... Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so we that, are. That's, that's the incentive right there. That's right. We are contract distilling right now, yeah. and it's completely custom, exactly to the recipe that they want. They come up, I designed a full bowl all the way from the moonshine all the way through the flavor, and now it's going down there to be sold, which is really neat. That's so I still get to be a part of it as well. That's but I got to take the money and the revenue that we made off of selling that distillery, and I mean, as of right now, Neely and is probably... In what you're actually doing. Well, Neely's probably the only, one of the only distilleries in the state that's 100% owned by the family and has no debt. So we operate outside of debt now, which is which is a cool thing. That's nice. Congratulations. That's how you build a legacy right there. Yeah, 100%. Well, which, uh, oh, this is so that, good. That brings me to <laughs> a point that uh, Royce, uh, that freaking that is so, so hey, yeah, that's cool. At the age and what you're doing, hey, that, uh, you're going to create a shirt, and uh, I think uh, you're going to continue to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Kentucky, uh, Birmingham. Well, shit, I don't know about all I appreciate hey, that. Hey, uh, that would be a, look, definitely look, a big goal of mine. Hey. I'm sure you guys Hey, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's, we're looking forward to it, and uh, like I say, 
Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans, this is Alan Bishop, Indiana's Alchemist of the Black Forest. So I'm tuning in here today to tell you all about the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. If you're at all interested in the art of distilling, whether it be home distilling or professional distilling, and the intense geekery that goes into that process, then check out the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. I promise you're going to learn something you didn't know before about the arts. (laughs) 